Greetings, and welcome to the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven, with your host, Preacher John. That is John Shuck, that's me, C-H-O-Q-U-E, pronounced Shuck, it's a French-Belgium name, Shuck, John Shuck. God bless you, my good friend, in the name of Jesus, I pray that there will be something here in this show, in this episode, that you can use in your life, and in the life of your family and in the life of your friends. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Are you ready? Let's get started. This is episode number 25, number 25, 25, and is titled, Shall All Likewise Perish? Today is uh, Friday, April 5th, 2019. I'm recording this podcast from Boulder, Colorado. It's about, it's just a few minutes after 8 p.m., it's 61 degrees outside, and been a beautiful day today. I think it hit 70 degrees today, and this weekend, this Saturday and Sunday, should be a beautiful sunny day. I'm looking forward to Saturday and Sunday. It's the two days I go out with my preaching banner, hit the streets of Boulder, Colorado, and tell people about Jesus Christ. Normally, I hit about, uh, in a weekend, probably about 8,000 people will see my banner, which is filled with scriptures. The banner stands about 10 feet tall. The banner is 4 feet by 4 feet, plus I'm 6 feet tall, so it stands above my head. And you'd be surprised how many people stop, read all the verses, and uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. It gets the word out in an unusual way, catches people's attention, and uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow and Sunday. So, the verse today is Luke 13.3, and we'll read it from the King James Version. I'll tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And the title again for our show is, Shall All Likewise Perish? I know, right off the bat, I'm talking about repenting. What is it that I say seem to always be talking about quitting sin and leaving the world of repenting to the point that, All I want people to do is serve God. I mean, really. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, John? (laughs) Yes, there is. However, I'm not my own. I serve as a minister unto Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm commissioned and ordained to preach the gospel, to minister the Holy Spirit, and to build God a church in Boulder, Colorado. So when someone asks or criticizes me for always talking about Jesus and seemingly never talking about living here and working and having a family and all the stuff we do to build a life for ourselves here on earth. You don't talk about all that. Why? I mean, there are preachers all over the world talking about how to have a great life now and to have a successful life now and to build a great career now and have a great wonderful, thriving business now. But you talk about repenting of our sins. What gives? Why are you so different, John, and obtuse to all the preachers and praise songs that I hear? Because all these talk about life on earth and how we can be better. But you don't, John. Why is that? Well, with all that, I think I'm going to a sip of tea. I'm drinking, uh, again, my green tea. I've got green tea from Trader Joe's. Yes, excited about that. 
And after our show, I'm going to take a little walk and enjoy the evening here in Boulder. But first, a sip. Mm. And there's nothing that, that uh, can calm me than uh, a nice, warm cup of tea. My dear friend, what does the Word of God say? Does it say, love the world? Does it say, build up wealth and bank and retirement accounts? Does it say, learn all about the world and how to survive until you succeed in your career? Let's go take a look and talk about it. What do you think? Deal? Today's text verse is Luke 13.3. And I'm going to read it again. I, uh, it says, I tell you, nay, this is Jesus speaking, okay? Jesus says, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Along with uh, this verse here, there is a parallel verse. I just started, I've been pronouncing that word. I used to say parallel, but it's parallel, P-A-R-A-L-L-E-L, parallel. Difficult word to pronounce. So uh, there is a parallel verse that doubles the impact and doubles the importance of our context. The verse is Luke 13, 5. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. Can you see it? It was the exact same wording. Why is that? This is a question that each individual listening to me right now should really ask the Holy Spirit. Because the answer that you will get will be different than the answer someone else may receive. This is not to say that we can't have an answer right now. But, and right here on the show, too. I mean, really. I mean, why are we listening? Why are we talking? Why are we doing this? But I wanted to make the point that speaking to the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, will give you a personal or I suppose I could say a custom answer for your particular point in your life. God knows where you are and what you need at every moment of your life. Have faith, my friend. God loves you. He really does. He really does. Luke 13, 5, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. I think what I want to do is clearly define this word repent, R-E-P-E-N-T, repent. Let's use the Webster's Revised Unabridged Dictionary of 1913 to get a start on our discussion. The word repent, number one, to feel pain, sorrow, or regret for what one has done or omitted to do. For she relents with pity of that pity, then repents. Dryden. Number two, to change the mind or the course of conduct on account of regret or dissatisfaction. Lest, peradventure, the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. Exodus thirteen seventeen. Number three, for theology. To be sorry for sin as morally evil and to seek forgiveness, to cease to love and to practice sin. 
Except ye repent, you shall likewise perish. Luke 12, 3. You know, we can also take a look at Easton's Bible Dictionary for repentance. Evangelical repentance consists of, one, a true sense of one's own guilt and sinfulness, two, an apprehension of God's mercy in Christ, three, an actual hatred of sin, and turning from it to God, and four, a persistent endeavor after a holy life and a walking with God in the way of his commandments. The true repentant is conscious of guilt, of pollution, and of helplessness. Thus, he apprehends himself to be just what God has always seen him to be and declares him to be. But repentance comprehends not only such a sense of sin, but also an apprehension of mercy, without which there can be no true repentance. Now, after going over all that, which for me seems a little overwhelming, remember my mind is oftentimes slow to comprehend, and I didn't study those dictionary passages. So let's go back to the Bible and pick up some verses that I've marked for this talk. Repentance is so important that Jesus does extensive teaching on this topic. Here in Luke, we have recorded by the Holy Spirit close to 30 verses for clarity and study. The best thing for us to do is go over chapters 12 and 13 on our own time to grasp a deep understanding of what it's like to be repentant. How's that sound? What I want to do, though, right now, is talk about verses 23 through 28 in Luke chapter 13, okay? Remember the following relates to our text verse, which is Luke 13, 3. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You got it? And and I'm just to refresh your memory, the word ye, that's Y-E, ye, refers to is a plural meaning all of you. Not just one single person that he's talking to. He's talking to a crowd of people. All of you. Except all of you who are listening to me repent, all of you shall all likewise perish. So that's the greatness about the King James. It makes, makes you know that he's not talking to just one single person and not to you, but to you and to you and to you and to everybody out there. Amen? Okay. So let's get to Luke thirteen twenty three. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Jesus speaking, and he said unto them in Luke 13, 24, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Not be able. Wow. That's, that's a not be able. That's the last three words there, not be able. 
That kind of gets me, doesn't it? Kind of get you not be able. It kind of makes you want to, I don't know, kind of makes you want to do something, not be able. You know, it's kind of challenging, isn't it? What gave, what gave this disciple the idea to ask Jesus, uh, are there a few that be saved? That's my question. I mean, what was it that prompted him to ask such a question? And why did he say a few? That's not very many people. A few. That's, let's see, that's about three people. I know, that's ridiculous, right? Few is less than a multitude is few and, let's see, and few is more than one or two. Hmm, interesting. Here's just a sidebar for a moment. There are times that writing like this is difficult and laborious. The words don't seem to flow out of me easily. Sort of like I have to work to get the words out of me. I stepped away from my computer to pray for a moment and get some tea. While in the kitchen and talking to the Holy Spirit, I heard the reason why this is difficult is that I'm seeking the counsel of the Spirit of Truth while I am typing. Hmm. Instantly, I had peace in my heart because I thought I was trying to type or typing or trying to write, let me say, on my computer or on my own power. Let me rephrase it again because my mind has gone back to that moment. Because I thought I was trying to write on my own power which I never want to do. Seeking the Holy Spirit is sometimes a labor of sorts. You know, many of you may not get what I'm trying to say, because I'm stumbling over my words here, but there are many who pray and seek and feel as if they're going uphill. My word to you is this, keep moving and the Comforter will be there with you all the way up the hill. There's a point in why he's doing it this way. <laughs> wow, what a sideboard. Let's move on, okay? Luke 13, 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Do you see it? Look at these words. Many will seek to enter in and shall not be able. One of them biggest complaints I get about me is that I only talk about one way to God. There are tons of people who think and believe that whatever way they choose to worship God, meaning seek to go to heaven and seek to get to heaven or get saved, something like that, then that those that then that choose Let me rephrase that again. Then that choose they may, it's just fine. Oh, I'm (laughs) sorry. I tell you, I'm a slow mind. I, I, you know, I'm not quick. I'm really trying, folks. I really am trying. I just, you know, I'm a D minus student and I just barely graduated school. And I just, I'm, I just, I just ask for your forgiveness continuously on all these shows because I really am trying to work this out. I mean, I just can't tell you how many hours I've worked on this and I still can't get it right. But I'm just going to keep going because I know eventually I'm going to get it. And I just beg for your forgiveness for stumbling over my words and making it hard to hear this show at times. 
So let me get back to what I was saying. There are tons of people who think and believe that whatever way they choose to worship God, meaning to seek to get to heaven or get saved, something like that, then that choose they made is just fine. That what they chose what they chose is just fine, and God will accept them no matter how they got to heaven. Whew, that was a tough one, wasn't it? I told you this was hard for me typing this out. It really, really was. This was a very difficult message to um, write out. So every religion teaches a way to get to heaven. Every religion teaches a way to get to heaven. There are probably millions of variations of religions around the world that all discuss a way to heaven. Of course, they all have a different definition for heaven and also have different definitions for God and, well, a different definition for nearly every topic in the Christian's Bible. I almost want to laugh out loud, but maybe I shouldn't because, you know, we don't want to offend anyone. Sorry, I'm laughing now. Sorry. Take that back. Take that back, John. (laughs) As they say to me, what makes you think that you are right and that we are wrong? I've heard that so many times, I can't even remember all the times. You have to understand that I've been preaching for around 45 years, all of it on the streets mostly, only a little in corporate church settings. But I've spent many, many years working in churches, so I'm not a newbie at this sort of thing or discussion. I really am not, even though I stumble around on this show so much. (laughs) It's a little different talking to a microphone than face-to-face. It it just, I don't stumble when I'm speaking face-to-face, and so I don't know why it's different, but it is. So why don't you come on over and sit in front of me so I can talk to you while I'm on the microphone? I think that'd be a great idea. Why don't you? Come on over, okay? I'll make you some tea. (laughs) And we can sit and talk together with the microphone turned on. So take a look at these words in Luke 13, 25. When once the master of the house has risen up and has shut the door and you begin to stand without and to knock at that door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Take a look at those words. Ye begin to stand without. The word without means the person does not have it. And these, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. Isn't it amazing that they demand of God to let them into heaven? They think they deserve heaven no matter how they have tried to get there. Nothing matters to them except their own self and their own desires. They've lived their entire life for themselves. They could care less during their life to have obeyed God when he said to repent, like in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. and You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.38. In my own life of ministry, I've had thousands say that they don't need that, speaking about salvation, because they don't believe it. They think God is a myth, a crutch for the religious, and a silly and stupid way to live. That kind of talk doesn't bother me anymore. It used to. 
I just keep going on and preaching salvation through Jesus Christ. I think a lot of my attitude now comes from not just decades of preaching, but my age. I'm 65 now, and life appears much different than when I was 25. In fact, I just laugh to myself when I hear young people say, age is, age is only in the mind. <laughs> I'm laughing right now, actually. If they only knew the truth of living in a 65-year-old body, especially one that's been trucking for 40 years, 3 million miles, it kind of beats the old body up. You know what I mean? But we'll get back to our talk. Maybe the gospel would sound a little more truthful to them, but I doubt it. I know way too many 70-year-olds who hate God and want nothing to do with God. That's when I shake my head in disbelief and say, Oh, well, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Another uh, sidebar. Verse 25 also says, I know you not. Whoops. Maybe they don't get it after all. Because in the end, that is what God is going to say if someone does not have Jesus Christ. Hmm. Luke thirteen twenty six. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. Now the complaining to God begins, or rather I could say, they are trying to justify or save face on how they have lived their years on earth, ignoring and hating the very words in the Bible. I mean, really, look at the news press today. If a Christian speaks the tough verses in the Bible, they are labeled by unbelievers as hate speech. To many Christians, this labeling of hate and persecution is why they don't preach the gospel to anyone, not even to their own families. How sad. What I hear them say to me is, I don't want to offend them. They can hear the gospel if they go to church. Or they tell me, John, I'm not like you. You're a preacher. I just can't do that. All I want to say to them is, come on, man. It's your daughter's eternal life. Or it's your son's eternal life at stake. It's your mother or father's eternal destiny at stake. And you don't want to say something because... You don't want to upset them? Man, get a hold of yourself and wake up. Times are coming when they will know who God is, but it will be too late for them. Then what are you going to do? What are you going to tell them then? Huh? What, what was that you said? Okay. Luke thirteen twenty seven. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. God will have the last word, not you. Please let me tell you that. God is not going to put up with this world forever. There will be a time of cleansing, and it will come faster than you realize. Why do I say that? Did you know that there are about 150,000 people who will die today, Friday, April 5th, today. That is 150,000 people the size of many towns across America, gone, gone forever. Then the judgment. And then, forced upon you, 
Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But it's going to be too late. Here's uh, some verses for those who only read the Old Testament. Isaiah 45, 23. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. And here's for those who need it in the New Testament to believe it for today. <laughs> I hear that too. Romans 14, 11. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. Philippians 2.10 That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. The last verse in our discussion here is Luke 13.28 there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. As you can see, and you yourselves thrust out, it's not a happy ending to those who will not or those who refuse or even those who don't want to believe it at all. All this comes right back around to our text verse of Luke 13.3. And I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. And our parallel verse, thir verse 5. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. Folks, let me close this talk with the reading of the 23rd Psalm. It's just six verses. Listen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with my oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love you, my friend, even though we've probably never met. I love you because you are precious in the sight of God. I love you for who you are. I love you just because. Because you are a miracle creation of God. You were created to live in eternity with God. And because God loves you first, I love you. Have a great day. Good night.